Hello, good evening everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Ato Ani Learn series, where we share to you valuable insights about different sustainability topics that are relevant nowadays, such as the topic about utilizing the, spe the specific business model to use during the time of COVID-19 which is what we will be discussing with two expert guest panelists whom we will get to know more later. So to everyone who is watching right now, whether you are new to this series or have watched the previous episodes, stay tuned and do put in the comment section below where you are watching. You can also share this live stream to your respective social media accounts to have more people learn from this discussion. Next slide. This is the seventh episode of the Hashtag AtoAni Learn series. Tonight's topic is enabling circular economy in developing countries during COVID-19. I am Jonas De Leon, your moderator for tonight. I am a community intern at the AtoAni Biopac Enterprise and a second year student in the University of the Philippines in Diliman, Quezon City, studying food science and technology. I am an advocate of various causes such as inclusivity and diversity, quality education and healthcare for all, mental health care, sustainable food packaging, and the 2030 SDGs. Same as everyone here, I am excited to, more, to, to learn more about this topic from our special guest panelists. To start off our discussion for tonight, well, this is a very interesting topic. Uh, you know, I read from a book from an American economist, Milton Friedman, and he said that the business of business is business. Well, um, that's the traditional business paragon preaches. But have you ever asked where your old smartphones uh, go when you replace them away? Well, typically, People venture business, but never consider factors. And that's the truth. Next slide. Um, obviously, in this picture, we can all explain the diagram above. Um, this is the biological cycle. It is a never-ending loop. As we decompose ourselves, we go back to the environment. And from the environment itself, we sprout a new plant. But humans adapt to the linear approach of making, creating, using, and throwing away non-biodegradable materials, just as seen in the diagram below. It is hard to imagine how much do we collect and stack up, uh, stack up our landfill. Well, we all know, and it is obvious, that everything has maximum capacity. And right now, we need a solution. Next slide. So if you're going to ask me, um, for your better understanding, what solution am I talking about? Well, these are a few of the most effective solutions that you can see, okay? Right now, a lot of people are venturing uh, food business, uh, delivery service, and from that, we can gradually uh, insert circular economy. Circular economy in the context is um, based on the principles of designing out waste and pollution. 
keeping products and materials in use, and regenerating natural systems. Well, if you can see here, raw materials are mined, products are manufactured, and then the consumers use them, and then exported until it's the end of its life. Next slide. The first uh, part of the loop, the raw materials, um, it needs uh, it needs to you know define our economy to be sim to, to be circular. There are a lot of things that we can do before it reaches out the end of life. Okay, such as first example, the raw materials. You know, uh, a, a great uh, I, I thought of a great example. We can mine copper from the post-consumer products. What do we mean by post-consumer products? Like conductor wires. You don't have to mine copper for, by opening another minefield, okay? Uh, instead of opening, opening up another mining caves, um, this is actually better. Why? Because the energy used is lesser than the energy that we are going to use when we open up another mining cave. Well, from that point on, you are, you are sure that you're using the circular economy. And from that moment on, you are gradually uh, emitting the, the negative uh, effects of um, these materials, of open, like opening another mine cave. You're gradually uh, increasing the sustainability, okay? When we turn on in, in, the, in the manufacturing, uh, you can improve waste and redesign how you recycle the copper. Uh, so that you can use it for another for another time. At this phase of the stage, for manufacturers, you can rethink, okay, and redesign your models. What is the best way for you to, you know, lessen the harmful effects of the for the environment? In the stage of consumption, you can see in the picture that um, this is where we all can relate. Uh, we can recycle and give an item for another use. Give it another purpose. Redesigning would help extend its life. And when you finally throw it away, that's the time when we all need to recycle. But the question is, since it's recycled, um, does the recycled material maintain its quality when used with similar applications from the brand new ones? Does it pro or or does it provide a downside uh, that this material has a poor quality? Next slide. Same goes with biological materials. From harvesting goods to reaching its consumer and once consumed, they can be used to create biogas, bio uh, biochemicals, or decompose and eventually go back to the environment. In this business age, are we ready to know what business approach fits us all? Next slide. At this point, uh, our guest panelists for, to for tonight will share some practical insights about this topic and more. You know, I'm excited to, to ask them some questions and ask your questions as well. So don't forget to type them in the comment section below in the live stream so that we can view them for our panelists to answer them later. We would also love to um, see some likes, hearts, and care reactions on our Facebook live stream. 
or even share this live stream on your respective Facebook accounts. Next slide. Introduce you our first guest panelist. Our first guest panelist for tonight is a graduate with a degree in mining engineering in the University of the Philippines, Diliman, and treated her way to the prestigious Asian Institute of Management with a master's degree in innovation and business. She's the founder and CEO of two social technology startups, Bridge360 IT Solutions and Waste Philippines. Bridge360 is a social tech solutions company that aims to bridge uh, social gaps in the Philippines. Here is Ms. Rage Gonzalez. Good evening, Ms. Rage. Can you please turn on your mic? Hi, good evening. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Tonight, okay, tonight, you and I will be joined by another speaker who's also willing to discuss with us and, and help solve this topic for our viewers. And to complete tonight's special guest panelist, he's also a graduate of the University of the Philippines in Los Banos with a degree in chemistry and studied renewable energy and resource management at the, uni at the University of South Wales. He's a resident scientist at Salim PH, a climate reality leader, renewable energy and environmental sustainability advocate. Here is Sir J.M. Dumdum. You may now turn on your camera and microphone, Sir Jonas. Hi. Hi. Hi how are you doing? <laughs> pretty good. Hello, pretty how, are good. You, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Uh, okay. For the audience, lang, for the purposes of this uh, discussion. Shasi Jonas, I'm JM. All right. Yeah. I'm going to be the Jonas for tonight. He's Sir JM. Okay. First of all, I'm deeply honored to moderate this webinar with the both of you, knowing that I could talk to my fellow Isko and Sa. It's a lot of things more easier. Okay. Easier, I mean, more easier. Well, that's really easy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for accepting our invitation in behalf of Ato Ali Barriopa. So let's uh, get into business. Our viewers are really curious. Uh, our viewer, uh, many of our viewers are businessmen, have started their own business. Can you please explain to them, okay, what is circular economy and how does it work? Okay, uh, Ms. Rage, you can go first. Sure, um, okay, so that's, that's a really big question. Um, uh, well, basically, there's uh, there's a linear economic model, kasi, and there's a circular economic model. So, when we say linear economic model, what we look at is that um, when one when one um, industry, for example, um, for me, I'm coming from the um, I graduated as mining engineer, and um, we all know that the extraction of materials of raw materials would usually be in the mining industry. And if you're looking at the the um, other side, is that there's illegal log, there's logging um, to get more resources. Yeah. So there are a lot of things. So that's one industry, the extraction part of the raw materials. From there, you go to another industry, wherein they make use of these raw materials and turn it into another um, product. From there, you 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 go to another type of industry wherein there's already the commerce. The um, wherein it's uh, you can sell it. People are selling it to the consumers. So these products um, that was turned, uh, these raw materials that were turned into products 
will now be part of the system wherein there's consumerism and uh, yeah. um, uh, can be sold to a lot of people. From there, you use it. And um, along that line, once you have used that part, then there's the the um, landfill for you or or for other countries it's it's more on on um incineration so on that part yeah. that's the linear way of looking at that thing now when we say circular economy we want to make sure that at that end point it becomes an it it, it loops and it becomes another yes. resource so that it can be used by another industry so that's yeah. maybe basic the circular economy idea and, and yes, I agree that humans really adapt to that linear approach. But um, at this time of age, we are lucky that many companies have transitioned to circular economy. And that's a little uh, step forward uh, in the world. That's why, you know, climate reality leaders are pursuing this kind of approach. Thank you, Ms. Rage. How about you, Sir Jonas? Sir JM, I mean. Yeah, um, I think I just wanted to add to what Rage said. No, um, the linear economy has been something of a bit of a benefit, no, for the for the global I mean global economy for the past two hundred three hundred years, simply because the there were less people, more resources. Now that we have reached the point that we're it's it's being uh, reversed uh, more w and and we have more waste so we have to be more inventive more creative uh, more innovative in using that waste because waste is still a resource in a way you used it yes but uh, for some people you can turn it into something else and the researches on the circular economy are getting better now um, around the world because people are more aware of the consequences of uh, just throwing it away. Like in the Philippines, no, um, if you look at the COVID-19 crisis, uh, at the start of the COVID-19 crisis, we've had face masks that were being sold by like tons i mean hundreds and hundreds of boxes yeah uh but when we uh got to the point of the gcq no not uh the M the not the ecq not the mecq when we got to gcq we've had news of uh face masks being thrown in manila bay the rivers wow. uh, improperly improperly disposed actually and uh, some are in contradiction with republic act 6969 which is the uh, solid uh, the Renew hazardous Wastes Act. Uh, in in actual practice, there is a procedure that you need to do to treat face masks, but there's so many, it's not it's not good enough. So people are now turning into alternatives, um, which is uh, like the non-woven oh. face masks. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are made by abaca or buri. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, how about the face masks themselves? So people are now actually trying to solve that problem as well, and that mm -hmm. is a real case study or example of the circular economy right there. Even in the time of pandemic, people are now thinking of ways to solve the problem of too much face masks. 
uh, and it's something that we should really support. Yeah. To be honest, um, since since this pandemic, we learned more about um, you know survival skills, but we tend to forget that we have isolated ourselves from a from a lens of you know how does the uh, how does the environment feel you know what 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 does mother earth feel at the, at this point in time i'm really curious uh, why do you think should we promote circular economy yeah i want well, to ask that well i Mr. think H. The, the circular economy is something that's been happening um and it's usually um ha it usually happens when there is a crisis so right now, um, if there is a crisis in terms of um, resources, then that's the time that there is now a need for innovative ways of how to make sure that the waste before can now turn into a resource again. Um, if, you, if you actually go back to, to a time we're in, for example, um, Japan, the Edo period of Japan, um, when there was that time wherein there is really lack of resources for them for food for the japanese um what they did was uh, a, a simple circular economy wherein their waste the the human waste um can now be part of the urban gardening that they uh, the, their gardening that they have as a community and from there they can grow their food with this <laughs> organic fertilizer and then from there there's another food there's another set of, ah, yeah. yeah so that's that's the circular economy right back in the Edo period of Japan. So um, I think that's one core idea that because they have they lack resources, they lack um, um, the biodiversity that we have here in the Philippines, um, there's a reason there is a need for them to be innovative and creative. And um, even if there was no way of calling it back then, uh, we just call it recently as a circular economy. But um, but. But um, maybe that period, there's no way of saying that it is a circular economy. But they are already doing that. It also happens when there is a war. So in times of war, for example, in um, way back uh, World War II, there is, um, of course, everywhere in the world lacks resources because of the war. So what do people do? They again. They become creative again. They make sure even even in, in um even in uh. uh here in the Philippines, as well as the Western world, they all need to make sure that um, what they have, like for example, electronics, they have to make sure that they also recycle these electronics so that they can use it again and make yeah. it into another product and another type of electronics. So it, the, the concept of circular economy has been with us all throughout these decades and years, and even century, I don't, maybe even century. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, maybe at the time of the we're in, there is this concept of cholera, even before that. So um, because of this type of crisis, whenever there are crises, circular economy, the concept of circular economy is being brought up. Um, now, the thing is, um, I think that's the problem with us. It's only during the crisis that we try to think of these things yeah. wherein it should be something that we should have learned before if we want to have a more sustainable um sustainable uh life sustainable um as a country we want to to have a more sustainable development then we should have 
been treating this as an everyday crisis, right? Kaya nga may climate crisis eh. Climate crisis, there's water crisis and all those stuff. We should be treating this as a crisis but then again, we don't learn. I think that's a problem. We are never learning. It it takes one crisis like this, this big, like pandemic, for us to again resurface the idea of we should be doing circular economy. Yes. You know, I agree with that because I've read a, a research about um, how the world is using its resources. So um, uh, it's a fun fact because if we're all living as Americans, we are consuming our resources like four times a planet Earth. If we're living in the European standards, we're consuming it with two and a half planet Earth. But uh, rea reali uh, in reality, we are consuming one and a half planet Earth. You know, that's that's really um, that's really a striking moment for everyone to you know uh, change our ways. Okay, I just wanted to ask: Should it be a policy for you know companies? No, not a, no, not a policy, but a pattern for com for starting companies to do so. Any one of you? Um, okay, yeah. starting okay. companies meaning startups. Yes. Okay. Um, Rage has a more detailed opinion on this because she is uh, of course, really yeah. formed a startup. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, well, just to give like a bit of a disclaimer, my my main work is actually in corporate sustainability, so more of sustainability reporting. But I help out as a resident scientist for Salon PH, which promotes uh, refilling as part of the new normal. And over there, uh, we are really mindful about uh, circular economy because uh, we are tackling a specific problem, uh, plastic waste. And plastic wastes, if you can even reduce the, the usage of plastic waste, that's already a win for circular economy. As for other companies, uh, sometimes it depends on their business model. But if it's a social innovation startup, you should. Because uh, it's already a plus now for Gen Zs and millennials actually to consider companies that are in line with what they're thinking right now, which is less consumption uh, more value you know, uh, to, the, to the whole system. So uh, they tend to you know, use less packaging uh, or be creative in their packaging. And uh, it's an opportunity that a lot of companies should really exploit. Like, uh, well, there's a notebook that I got last year, and it's from my girlfriend. That was made mm -hmm. from apple leaves. Oh, yeah. The the, the leaves. I mean the, the pages. The pages of uh, the notebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. apple leaves. Mm -hmm. And that's already a big win because yeah. you know you took out um, what is considered rotting waste yes. and turned it into a very inventive piece of I don't know um, writing. Diva. Sounds cool. And it, yeah. Sounds yeah, it's cool. Actually, it's amazing because uh, it came from wastes and then you, you still meet the standards of, you know, preserving life, okay? Um, meeting the standards and the goals of 
what we humans should do about it. And that's actually amazing. Yeah. Since uh, our viewers have a little gist about circular economy, uh, they wanted to know... Um, next slide, please. They wanted to know... Next slide. They wanted to know how significant is the concept of circular economy during these times. Maybe um, to make it more uh, specific, here in the Philippines and during COVID-19, how is, how is it important right now? Ms. Rage? Hmm. Um, I, I really think this is really very important right now. Um, again, going back to the idea that there is a crisis and we don't have that um, we don't have the resources that we had before so we are growing in number we are already as in the world like 7.7 billion people and we are um, we have a scattered resources some places has a lot of resources some has not some even if there is a resources they, they cannot afford those resources so what do you do? Um, well, there is a there is a macro scale kasi of things, and then there's a macroeconomics, and then there's microeconomics of these things. But um, circular economy is is um, is needed for for a nation at um, maybe uh, so that we can have that um, the the we can meet. The, re, the the needs that we that we need <laughs> so the needs as a nation mm -hmm. um, we have limited uh, um, uh, mobility right now so that also adds up to the problem so now how do we make sure that we still have enough food in our plates we still have um, uh, uh, clean waterways clean water clean air and clean Whatever. So, um, well, there are a lot of things say in a circular economy. So, uh, anybody can contribute to that. It's not something that just one person can actually do. Um, but it has. It will only be successful if all all players within the circular economy would actually play it, play their part. Now, <laughs> now the the import. I I think um, what's uh, what's going to be more important question here is how to actually move from from thinking very linearly to actually move to the idea of circular economy. Yes. So, because it is important. Um, I don't think there is a question on is it going to be important or not. So, it's really more on how are we going to transition to that or yeah. how can we help anyone in that particular space to actually be moving towards that. Yes, and that's the challenge to to a lot of Philippine companies. Now, I, uh, Sir Sir JM, you want to add? Actually, in our podcast, Sustainer Rumble, we were privileged to have someone in from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, uh, yeah. like the leading um, NGO when it comes to promoting circular economy measures, and uh, our speaker there. Uh, his name's Sebastian. He was um, he was saying that uh, in order for us to move forward with sustain with uh, the circular economy, 
we really need to break the boundaries of the current system. Uh, it does not fit anymore that we do like a hybrid in the, at this time, although there should be a transition. Uh, but the mindset of the people should no longer be uh, with the mindset of like our, our leaders in the 90s and the early 2000s. The situation back then uh, is very, very different from the situation we have now because we've had many, many resources back then. And yet, uh, it, it didn't uh, say they didn't spare us from know, the the, the COVID nineteen crisis or any other future crises uh, that we may have, and that even includes uh, the the potential crisis of water in in Metro Manila or uh, landfills in Metro Manila. Uh, so it's 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 just really the mindset. It's very difficult to change, but we have to change. And uh, funny enough, a pandemic caused us to think more about it. Um, and I'm, yeah, and, 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 and it's good because we're really driving the agenda forward. We're trying to move forward with things that uh, really matter to the world. And hopefully by the time of 2030 or 2050, you know, any worst case scenario that uh, scientists would have uh, would be mitigated and yeah. uh, would, would not happen. Yeah, actually, to, to add to that, um, this basically stimulates um, innovation for everyone, as, as you can see, because there is a crisis, uh, um, uh, as, as Jonah said, well, as JM said, um, it, it stimulates innovation to, any, to everyone, actually, um, coming from different uh, um, walks of life. Even if you were not part of the business before, but now you're thinking about how to make um, uh, um, business out of this um, crisis that we have. Uh, and since there are more now people trying to put up startups, it actually drives the economic side. Um, yeah. Competitiveness for everybody. And that's good. The more <laughs> startups that we have, the more that there is competitiveness. And, and although... Since there is now and there is now these people trying to compete, trying to be um, innovative in terms of creating businesses, now there will now be a need for being um, innovative uh, when it, when in, um, uh, when it comes to to the supply of the raw materials, how to make uh, to get the supply, how to transform the supply. The yes. So, how do you go about it? What's the workaround about it? And then. How do you deliver your your sort your goods that makes sure that you don't add up to um to the to the waste? But then again, uh, how do you as a company now? Um, how are you going to make sure that you reduce the pressure on the environment? Uh, since we need we need livelihood at the same time, so um we. We, we are actually hoping that through the circular economy concept, um, they would be able to um, reduce the pressure to the environment. So, yeah. Yes, and by that, I think we need to go back to education. Yes, we need to educate, of course, the youth, starting from the youth. We need to educate them and, uh, you know, let them identify their role to this uh, circular economy. 
let them know about circular economy. I, I think we need to go back to education. Now, I just wanted to ask, how is the Philippines doing um, when a lot of, I mean, how is the Philippines, uh, Philippine companies are doing when uh, some are transitioning to circular economy, right? Like right now, how are they doing? Okay. Just wanted uh, to ask. At the, I can probably answer at the corporate level. And yes. at, uh, by the corporate level, we're talking about the 200 plus companies that are listed in the Philippines. Yes. Um, there are companies that are that are already uh, putting in effort in uh, creating uh, facilities that would constitute part of the circular economy. There are facilities actually in Taguig, uh, in I believe Santa Rosa Laguna, uh, somewhere up north of I think it's in QC that are. Uh, you know, trying to uh, reuse or recycle plastics for one, uh, because the number one problem in the Philippines, uh, in terms of waste, is plastics. Uh, it's just everywhere. Uh, in addition, uh, there are partnerships that are being developed. For example, in batteries, you know, used batteries. So there are NGOs that are uh, doing. Um, Disposal, proper disposal, and probably, uh, you know, in being innovative in uh, hopefully reusing those batteries, uh, to uh, coming from companies because they're also the, the large buyers of batteries for one in in, in the Philippines. But um, other than the conglomerates or the the very large companies, we're also looking at MNCs and for MNCs, multinational companies. Uh, they are pat they are uh, following the directives of their inter the global uh, initiatives, such as Coca Cola, for one, that is making an effort in re uh, reusing and recycling uh, old Coke bottles. The best example I can give is actually, if you noticed in 2019, I believe, if you looked at a 1.5 liter of, of Sprite. It's no longer colored green. It's now clear. Now, why is yeah. that? Because it's very, very difficult to recycle a green plastic bottle. It's easier if it was just clear. Therefore, yeah. uh, Coke was conscious of it. And now, we don't have green Sprite bottles anymore, which is a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by that, we, we want to highlight... Uh, that's a good example, actually, because... From there on, you don't have to, you know, uh, wait for the end of its life. You can redesign from the system itself, from the manufacturing itself, just like that. I, I like that example, actually. Um, instead of, you know, uh, producing green green bottles, why, make it, why don't we make it clear, right? So from the match manufacturing itself, the game actually changes. Yes. Actually, it's not, it's not just that. Um, I think if you want, um, adding to that, um, it's, uh, it's also, you can also look at how you power this, this um, uh, manufacturing companies. Are you using renewable energy? That's yeah. also part of circular economy because it's mm -hmm. renewable. So um, if it's a renewable energy, then 
um, there's gonna be less waste or no waste at all. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and um, at the same time, you you want to try to respect different natural re- that natural systems like water, because um, as I, I've said, I've mentioned before, there we have water crisis. Um, there have been like a global uh, global fight for for water crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, way back maybe 2017 or or earlier so um there are a lot because of climate change as well and climate crisis there is now um some full-blown drought in a lot in lots of um parts of the world while on the other side of the world there's also um large amount of precipitation and and um uh super typhoons and all those stuff so mm-hmm. yeah um uh so we need to have these resources. We need to make sure that we take care of our um, resources because the distribution of, of these resources are not equal. And we don't have the, the capacity to actually buy all of the stuff. Now, this stuff is really... Um, uh, uh, this, this, there is this story of stuff wherein because of this stuff, we are... Uh, we are um, needing a lot of raw materials. Now, how are we going to stop that need for for a lot of materials and just wasting it on the other end? So we need to eliminate the concept of end of life or or the concept yeah. of waste. Because I think the, the concept of waste is just that it's waste because nobody's using it anymore or you don't want to use it anymore. But maybe the um, your definition of waste might not be waste for the definition of, of, of the other people or other other communities. And um, uh, so, yeah, so the concept of, of waste can is basically, it is a resource not at the right place at the right time. I like that. Um, in a circular economy, we should get rid the, you know, end of life. I, I like that. I mean, there are a lot of things that you could uh, think of things that you could think of things on how to, you know, create another life for that object. And that's really good. Um, our viewers also wanted to, our viewers also wanted to know, next slide, please. Uh, our viewers also wanted to know, what are the strategies in your respective organizations in, enabla- in enabling a circular economy? Uh, Sir JM, you want to start? I can think of two answers, actually. The first one is more scientific. Uh, your product, if you want to go really technical on the circular economy, perform a life cycle analysis on a, on, or a life cycle assessment on your product. What is a life cycle uh, assessment? From it's it's called the cradle to grave uh, mm-hmm. analysis. So when the point that you have your raw materials to the time that you use it, how much uh, energy or resources do you need to do? And then compare it with uh, the same product, but you have it in a different. I mean, you you do it in a different process. So for example. Um, I remember because when I was doing my master's that we did an exercise on uh, manufactured glass that was coming from silicon mismo 
to manufactured glass that was coming from recycled materials. And what I remember from that exercise is that uh, the energy, resources, and even actually time you know, to create or recreate uh, recycled glass is significantly less than uh, if you started from scratch. Um, so uh, what does that mean for companies? It means that they can save actually more, uh, more of their money, more of their resources. And not very many companies are doing that because uh, you know, they're either not aware of it or uh, because their favorite supplier is more uh, into the linear economy. And it's something that companies should really think about. Now, if you're not into the more technical, you want to be more practical, you really need to yes. know how, you, how are you processing your, your product or service. Uh, mm -hmm. Just doing a trace of what you did from the time that you um, got the goods, processed them, sent it to the customer, and how the customer uses it. Um, because each step means that, uh, you know, the material gets used and used and used until the end product or the end, the end point, your customer will no longer use it. So from there, you can now analyze, okay, this is what we're doing right now. How can we uh, improve our product with a, with a different process, a better process, and hopefully a less expensive process? Yeah, actually, maybe for the life cycle analysis, um, I think there's a concept instead of the cradle to grave, I think it was now cradle to cradle. If that cradle is a to cradle, economy. yeah, yeah. For us, I wanted economy. to ask the different the difference between cradle to cradle and cradle to cr to grave. I wanted to ask that. Okay, when you say cradle to grave, it's really just a circular economy. No, mm -hmm. you create a product, you process the product, you use the product, you throw away the product. That's cradle to grave. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cradle to cradle is that you don't throw away the product. Instead of Stopping at the very end, you now find a way to try to branch out or go back to the beginning. And that's already circular economy. Miss mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Rage, I wanted to ask uh, from your organization, Bridge360, or other organizations that you have. Hello, can you hear yeah. me? Yes. Okay. I wanted to ask, what, um, what strategies did you use to, uh, no, to enable circular economy? Um, well, that's different for us kasi, because um, the Bridge360 is an IT, IT company. So yes. we don't really have any ways at all unless yung, bas yung yeah. ano lang namin. For example, our laptops are not working yeah. anymore. And mm -hmm. we have to, to, to make sure that it goes to the e-waste. Um, mm -hmm. And it's also the same with the waste pH. The concept is that we would aid the process itself. So we would digitalize these things, the process of um, integrated solid waste management system, and um, uh, to make sure that people can, can see what's happening and can mm -hmm. also, but at the same time, can see that there is there are people behind the process of 
of getting the garbage, like really see them. So because right now, yes, we see them, but we don't really see them as yeah. people. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's um, uh, uh, there's basurero, there's already the waste collector, and that's it. And um, once the once your garbage is gone, you see that as your your um you see that as no problem anymore. It's not your problem anymore once you don't see the garbage from your um your garbage can or mm-hmm. outside your home your homes and houses. So what we're trying to do in waste pH is that through technology we can um uh, we can one democratize. Democratize helping our yes. our um, uh, waste collectors. Democratize the 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 information wherein how many garbage has has it been? How many people are actually dumping their garbage correctly and making sure it goes to the correct facility? And in hopefully hoping that it would also um, inspire other people to segregate their garbage mm-hmm. because right now one of the big problems why people don't want to segregate is that they just see them as as being mixed with a lot of garbage and then goes directly to the landfill so yeah what's 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 the what, point what's the point right what's mm-hmm. the point of going you don't want to go to the to the um if you yourself don't want to go to a junk shop just to sell how much what 20 pesos and yeah. that 20 pesos is actually like 10 kilograms of pet bottles so why am I even going there? Gasolina, my fuel, my time, yeah, uh-uh. safety, because there's uh-huh. COVID-19. I don't want to risk that. So why would I even bother to, to, to think about circular economy, right? Um, or even the, the idea of segregation. But the, the, the thing is, um, uh, so that's the strategy in terms of waste, where waste pH, we're in. Um, we want people to to see that process. We want to see. We want people to see that there are people trying to segregate the garbage, yeah. and they mm-hmm. are not alone. And if this garbage that they have already segregated all actually goes to a material recovery facility or a recycling facility or junk shops directly mm-hmm. and doesn't go to the landfill, then that's one hope. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- that's that's one step, and um, I think since this is a systemic problem, um, one solution may also be a solution for different problems. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm learning a lot with this uh, topic, and and it's it's so mind-boggling to know that you know from a single problem we can always uh, have multiple problems, but with those multiple problems. We can only have, we're, we're, you know, we're looking for so much solutions for multiple problems, but there's only one, okay? And what touches my, uh, my, my feelings is that it all goes back to human behavior, you know? I do, I do, not, I, I do, I do not condemn creating bioplastics. I do not condemn the, uh, the invention of, crea- uh, of bioplastics, but I think plastics is, is enough, okay, as, as, as a food... Uh, packaging material but you know the behavior the discipline of humans of how we throw our trashes we all need to go back to education and that's the primary thing 
one strategy that we need to tell our viewers right now. Those are great strategies that you have shared, uh, Sir JM and Miss Rage, cradle to cradle, and from your experience, Miss Rage. So now that we know uh, the significance and strategies, next slide. Next, next slide, please. Okay. This is the point where we all want to know, definitely, will the transition to a circular, circular economy reduce costs and create jobs? And how? Well, uh, for this matter, we are, now, um, we are now asking from a views of economic, societal, and ecological issues. Should there be a balance of the three? And I, and I want to, to know that. Uh, Sir J.M.? Right. Uh, I'll answer it in a way that you, it might be surprising because it's not really a well-known yeah. statistic. Uh, there is a study coming from, um, what was that? The um, International Labor Organization that stated that uh, over, I think it was for the next 10 years, uh, green jobs, which includes mm -hmm. uh, jobs pertaining to the circular economy, will grow by 1.5 million. Oh. Mm -hmm. And that's in Southeast Asia. Uh, we can actually maximize that and go beyond 1.5 million if uh, 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 there will be more initiatives in place, and not just, be, not just due to government uh, regulation, but also through efforts made by social startups, the private companies, and even you and me, to be honest. Uh, one notable example is actually Rage's, uh, no, Waste PH. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and, um, you know, if, if her test project in Bacolod would uh, work, it will actually generate more jobs. And, um, and, and, and I'm going to say this also no, to people who are also, that are fearing for their lives because they dump it in the landfill. Actually, you'll be uh, surprised that they can be retooled or retrained mm -hmm. to lean towards more cir circular economy-wise uh, um, facilities. And it, it, you know, it's no longer just one facility for trash going to the landfill. It will be multiple facilities now employing so many people, um, doing different jobs, and they can also benefit by, you know, turning that waste into something else. So um, it's, it's very, very beneficial. Everyone should really have a think on it and see how they can contribute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Miss Rage? Um, so the question was uh, about um, if... Will it reduce economy, cost it reduce and cost. create jobs? Definitely. Um, uh, well, Jonas has given us the, the numbers, but um, to reduce, it will definitely and should reduce cost if you are recycling and um, you are upcycling materials so you won't actually need um, new materials. But then... Uh, there is actually, in terms of um, the recycling side, uh, there is a debate there because of the use of resin. So right now, the the um, the price here in the Philippines, in terms of our, for example, pet bottles, even just the plastics, creating new 
new bottles, for example, actually is cheaper than um, mm-hmm. uh, recycling plastics right now. So because there are a lot of steps when you go to the recycling side, you have to, to get the, you, may, you have to make sure that the, the plastic is not wet, it was not contaminated in the first place, it has to be homogenous. There are a lot of requirements yeah. for that to mm-hmm. be properly recycled. And that's what makes this recycling um, not so good in terms of comparing it to a resin, which is a new, new, um, uh, new material for, for plastics. So, uh, but this could actually change. It can, um, um, these things can actually uh, reduce cost. The, 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 the circular economy as a, as a whole should have been in concept, should be reducing cost because we are now not going to extract more materials or get more materials. Um, uh, it should have been just the same materials and we will just reuse it. Now yes. repurpose it. It's really um, in terms of the waste uh, industry. It's hard to to have a homogenous. Um, it's hard to have a, a perfectly clean, dried, mm-hmm. um, recyclable recyclables. So it's now hard to recycle them, and the the amount that you will actually get if you if you um. Uh, well, the hassles, the time, the effort, the the money involved, the capital expenses is really, really high or higher than the than the um uh, just the the new materials being uh, used to create these uh, plastic bottles, for example. So, um, we should be thinking as a nation. We sh- should not ask us right now. Especially that we have this problem of pandemic, and there is now a problem. People should recognize that there are more, more problems out there. But these problems are actually interconnected. We should be recognizing that. That if we just think of yes. it as ourselves, that this is not a problem of of my household or myself. Why would I think of circular economy, and contributing yeah. to that? This is this is. This is going to be a vicious cycle for everybody. So, yes. Um, as a as an individual, um, if you're if you're listening to to this, uh, discussion, if you want to yes. to help in the circular economy, we can you can actually start with just the cycle, the recycling or the segregating. Sorry. Yeah. We can just start by recycling, drying the the recycled materials, making sure that it is not contaminated by any biodegradables, any hazardous materials, so that it can be recycled properly. And it will no longer be yes. part of the resid- residuals or it will no longer go to the landfills. So thankfully, I'm very thankful for those um, uh, the unsung heroes. I think we should, yes. we should owe to the garbage collectors the, mm-hmm. uh, that they are actually getting our garbage especially those who are what we call waste scavengers. So yes. we owe it to them. If not for them, um, a lot of our recyclables will not be recycled at all. Yes. What, what they are doing is that from the landfills themselves, they will go there just for a few cents money. They will get those garbage even if there is a high risk of... Um, it's a lot of risk. Yeah, actually. accidents and and um, whatever whatever uh, uh, 
diseases that you can get from that landfill. Um, so they will get that. They will clean the recyclables. They will mm-hmm. dry the recyclables and then sell that um, to the to the junk shops and thereby mm-hmm. going towards and and thereby it these materials that has been in the landfill now becomes part of the system again of the circular economy but then again it is now in the lower grade of the recycling so if it's a lower grade if it's sub substandard then it is not good for um, creating good materials as well good products as well so it might go to the um usually our garbage here in the philippines goes to china so those recycled materials especially those na um uh, those that are uh, sub subpar materials they go to china and they are being recycled as what we have as toys in divisoria yes <laughs> <laughs> so those th- that's the reason why they are cheap because the 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 standard of plastic is also cheap but there is also i don't know if you have remembered the problem before that there was a lead poisoning because a child mm-hmm. um uh Uh, this toy that was bought from Divisoria mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was able to to put that in uh, in his or her mouth, and the child was lead poisoned. Oh. So, so that's one recursion or th- that's one problem. If um, we are we we think of this as something that should be cheap and should have a substandard um, uh, plastics. So yes. if, for example, we don't have substandard plastics, this should not have happened. Yes. Sir JM, you want to add something? Yeah. Um, just this statistic that comes into mind. Uh, in the United States, they did say, uh, there was a report that says 35% of all plastics are recyclable. Mm-hmm. 35%. Wow. Pretty low. Five. So the remaining 65%... <laughs> Uh, in 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 previous practice is uh, incineration. You'll have to incinerate. Mm-hmm. Now in the Philippines, you can't incinerate because of the Clean Air Act. Yes. What do you do? <laughs> you you send it to the landfill, and and it's sitting there. It's not rotting. Mm-hmm. It's not degrading because you know it takes a long time to degrade the uh, uh, plastic. So uh, it's just sitting there unless somebody na you call your neighborhood would be taking it away and send it to or or you know so some junk shop would be able to salvage it it's just sitting in the landfill and that's pretty bad mm-hmm. um and, uh, yeah. yeah go on go on actually go on mr some some of the then remember that there is also the the concept of um uh contaminated waste well con- waste siya, but it's contaminated for example the recyclables are contaminated with with biodegradables and um uh this is actually um some cannot be bought by the junk shops so what okay. would mga ngalakal do if the if the garbage or the recyclables that they have um gotten from the households are actually contaminated and they were not received by the junk shops themselves So itatapon niya na lang. They would just throw away. Now the question is, yeah. where are they going to throw it away? The nearest waterway, the nearest canal, <laughs> the nearest river? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Now, now that we are talking about 
uh, circular economy here in the Philippines, I wanted to ask, uh, this is a, a very special question. How about those that are in the developed countries? You know, that's one of the questions that we have deliberated. And Sir JM, do you want to answer that question? Okay. Um, in, in fairness to um, developing countries, yes. uh, we are actually very, very innovative in terms yeah. of, mm -hmm. of, of this, this thing, you know, this thing called circular economy. I mean, I don't think other countries would have uh, small-scale junk shops for one. Uh, or the concept of the pangangalaka, that's, that's quite Filipino. But then there's also innovative solutions that are coming up, like uh, social enterprises that are re-engineering um, you know, uh, single-use plastic to be used as another material that's actually sturdier, stronger, and better than uh, it was originally used. Uh, you know, like Echo Bricks for one, that's already an innovation. But there's also like Echo Chairs. There's um, like doing the uh, using plastics to do molds uh, on your lawn for one. That's already being being innovated. I mean, it's on mm -hmm. its way. So um, another thing is you use single-use plastic for asphalt. Uh, I mean, it's it's coming from overseas the technology, but uh, you see developing countries that are you know experimenting on it as well, and are using it, and it's it's being proven as well that uh, it's uh, twenty to thirty percent I think stronger than than the original asphalt. And that's a good thing because mm -hmm. you made sturdier roads out of something that was already discarded for one. That is a, a lot of that is a lot of statistics that you've got there, and I I just recently learned that Finland, okay, Finland has pioneered this uh, circular has has been pioneering about um, circular economy. What can you say about that? Um, what did they do to you know uh, engage in this kind of uh, business model? Is there anyone can answer? Or maybe Rage could answer. <laughs> it's Rage, yeah. Uh, um, I'll just make it general. The European standards, yeah. What? Oh. Can you? Sorry, can you can you repeat that? Uh, why has Finland or other European countries become a pioneer in the circular economy? Ah, oh, okay. Well, for one, of course, um, the Western side, the Europe side is usually, well, um, the, it's more on who, who has advanced their society first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our society, our, the Filipino society is pretty much, pretty much a kid. So, developing. <laughs> so yeah, but we're still developing. So um, the, 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 the concepts has already been experienced by this um by these people um the the, um, the u.s the european countries has experienced um uh, the lack of of uh, ways uh, the lack of resources um they have experienced the 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 problems of waste so that 
that's the reason why they they learn more from them. They learn, they set standard, they create um they they create uh frameworks for this to happen, and um yeah. So they were they were the first ones to basically they they were the first ones to to um endure those problems and to feel those those pains. So they have the standards. That's the reason why. Um, mm-hmm. And what we what we should do as the developing countries instead is to learn from their experience. We want what we want as a nation is to leapfrog from having this problem. Supposedly, instead of feeling this problem, we should be learning from the different countries. If they have already experienced that, why do we bother to actually want to to experience that as well? For example, just the COVID nineteen. If we have learned already that there is this facts and um, uh, best practices, problems that had been solved already by the different countries, um, by China themselves. So what we do is we should be learning from them or um, other countries that has a similar, similar resources that we have, similar, almost similar problems experiencing, but they were able to, to uplift themselves. So we should be following those footsteps. So it's the same with the waste um, management and the circular economy concept. We should be learning from them and um, to not have the same mistakes and to not suffer the same um, problems that they have already figured out what was the best way to solve. So um, again, I'm, I'm, my, my expertise is actually more on the waste management side industry um, uh, because I was able to, to go down really and uh, meet people and learn a lot from the from, from Mangangalaka level yes. to companies, to waste management companies. So it's, it's a very vital part of the circular economy because basically we, the, the waste industry is at the end, at the grave part. Now, mm-hmm. how are we going to turn that into a cradle and go back to the cradle? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us as developing countries, what we need is to learn from the, from the um, European standards, from the European um, things that they have already figured out. Since we don't want to repeat the same mistakes, right? Yes. You know, I am learning... Yeah, okay, Sir, Sir JM. No, no. Um, please continue, and then I'll add something to to what Rage said. No, okay. I'll be ending the question, but please continue, sir. Okay. So, um, actually, European legislation is also uh, pushing towards the circular economy in a sense, because uh, they they're really talking to the scientists. Are we? Uh, are like in the Philippines? Are we talking a lot to our scientists? That's a question that I want to pose to everyone, uh, because uh, well, there is some degree of ins- disconnect also between the people that are studying these things and the people that are that need to decide on these things. And the people that decide to de- that need to decide on these things are not actually just people in government. It's also us, the general public. So um, questions need to be raised. Um, collaborations, researches need to be expanded for us to understand our system uh, for circular economy. And we can't 
put in like models that we have uh, in Europe for one because yes. mm-hmm. they, may, they, they may consider automation as part of the circular economy. We have the Pangangalaka system that is as efficient, if not better, because they yeah. are they they know it from years of experience. And um, it's something that we may need to look at again, you know, if we if we're going to move forward to the circular economy model for for the country. Yeah, so yeah, true. and and we're not talking about resiliency, but uh, we are very proud with what uh, Filipino system we have the pangalan the pangangalakal system. That's one thing that we should be really proud of. One trait. Um, you know, and by questions, we've got a lot of questions from our viewers. So let's keep this going. Um, next slide, please. Now, um, some of our viewers are uh, businessmen uh, from home because of the quarantine. Uh, can you please ex- uh, can you please explain to them how can they sh- uh, can you share the role of circular economy plays in the saving the environment? In their homes, Miss Rage. Sure. Okay. Um. Uh. Circular economy. Um. There are a lot of of places where they can they can help. Again, yes. the circular economy is not just the waste industry. It's not just. Mm-hmm. The, so it's just the endpoint. Well, mm-hmm. what you want is to not have an endpoint, right? But um. Yes. Uh, <laughs> They can, first and foremost, they, sh- they can help themselves be more aware of what is circular economy. They can also learn if um, uh, what is um, consumption, how to be mm. the right consumer or a yes. responsible con- consumer in the first place. So if, if they even want to learn more where the materials are actually coming from, they can also do that. Yes. Where, what is raw materials? What are the things, for example, what basic question, what's the raw material for paper? It's three. What's the mm-hmm. raw material for your phones? They are actually just ores. They are actually, yes. um, um, they are metals. The metals in the, in the um, ore themselves, they are now turned into metals. Then, then the metals are turned into products. And now you have a phone um, after a lot of, a lot of countries has already um, uh, processed the materials, the raw materials. Now they are being shipped. All of the all of the parts are being shipped to China, and they are being they're being um, assembled in China, and then sold to everyone. So if people would understand, that is actually called global value chain. So that's another discussion. That's another topic. But yes, um, these actually contributes the idea of global value chain also contributes to the global um, circular economy and um, uh, that's that's macroeconomics then mm-hmm. if you want to learn about macroeconomics you can also <laughs> do that so it's re- it really starts with if you want to s- since we are at home we stay at home we work at home yes. and we, we study at home might as well learn about these things this there are a lot of online platforms that you can learn from there are humanitarian leadership um, platforms as well. You have also course learning platforms. There are environmental um, organizations uh, with this type of um, uh, um, 
sessions and talks, mm-hmm. you can you can actually learn from them. It starts with you learning first. Because once you know something, that's where you can empower yourselves to actually do something about what you have learned. So first step is learn. Then you now try to do to act on what you have learned. Apply, and once you yes. Have, yes. Once you have um, applied and act on it, now you try to practice it. So learn, act, and practice. So it becomes a habit um, for you and and eventually it becomes an advocacy for you. And you can teach. Now you can actually yes. teach more people as well. Yes. Remember that, uh, lap. Learn, mm-hmm. act, practice. And make it a habit, okay? That's amazing. Thank you. Okay, Sir JM, I know you have a lot to say. Okay, go. If I may modify what Rage said about act. Um the thing that you also need to ask is, uh, how is my waist at home? How is being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So You trace your waist, basically, uh, in order for you to understand how are you contributing to uh, waste disposal, the linear economy, and hopefully turn it into the circular economy. So uh, you ask, who do you ask? You ask your barangay officials if their MRF is really there. You ask uh, the garbage men, where do they transport the wastes? You ask your local officials to to um, know how they process or they intend to, you know, treat your waste. Uh, from there, you hello, Jonas. Hello. Sir JM. Okay. <laughs> I can't hear you. Okay. Uh, we know that Sir JM has a lot of things okay going in in his mind and wants to, you know, say all this all these things. And that's really interesting. Okay, we can go back to Sir JM later. Um but right now we'll have the final question, Miss Rage, you and I. Sure, okay. Sure. Now, uh, can you share some tips on how anyone can start transitioning towards a circular economy? It could be anybody. It could be uh, a housewife. It could be uh, uh, a single mother, or it could be someone who's going to, you know, start business right now. Okay. Go ahead. Um, okay. Well, again, as I have said, they have to um, mm-hmm. well learn first at least. Um, yes. At the very least, um, help themselves uh, yes. to learn about the, the circular economy um, and the topics that surrounds it. And then um, two, uh, well, circular economy is, um, uh, is a really um, like um, a new a concept that has been named mm-hmm. so that yes you can really you can you can um connect a concept with a word at least so it it becomes a buzzword for everybody and and what um uh so for us to to have the circular economy um you can you can actually go from 
the the consumer side be a responsible con- consumer you can do that and if you are the ones with the company you can um check if how are you going to do your supply and supply and demand chain how are you going to do your your business model be aware of where are you going to get your materials and how are you going to deliver the materials um i think that's one that's one um tip for the for the business side yes mm-hmm. and then um for the one in the houses the man in the households um you can help uh, aside from being a, a good consumer um uh, a person who has a who is aware of the con- of um uh um who's aware of the the circular economy try to look at the things that you really need first maybe you can even try doing minimalism make sure that one when you buy before you even click lazada <laughs> you click <laughs> buy in lazada or whatever whatever online store i'm not saying that you you don't have to click on it what i'm saying is that before you click on anything and buy some things we know that we usually we have this like hey there's a button i want to click that button <laughs> so yes. um parang ano lang yan parang red button diba yes. <laughs> do not click the button can i touch the button <laughs> so basically <laughs> it's like that in 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 the online stores the red button mm-hmm. feels like can you like want to click that so before you even um buy anything um check first if you really need to buy that thing Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you need to buy more stuff? Do you need, or can you just, you know, um, can you just use whatever you have right now? Mm-hmm. Is there really a need? Because there's before a, we click. Yeah, there's a big difference between needing and wanting. You might want yeah. something, mm-hmm. but you don't need it. But, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. That, that's that's all. One, it reduces cost for your household. It reduces cost for your 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 own pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the circular economy for you as an individual, um, and maybe you can try minimalism. Yeah, check it out and um, how the concept works. It might help in the long run. Yes. Time. Okay, Sir JM, you're back. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, just had a net problem. Yeah, it's only, okay. If only the internet also had a circular economy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> But uh, okay. I think we're still tackling the same question or different question, number John. Uh, can you share some tips on how anyone can start transitioning now towards a circular economy? Right. Talk okay. to the viewers. All right. Well, uh, one fact that I actually shared uh, a webinar with AIM <laughs> was that during the pandemic, there was an increase of 20, 50, I think it was 10 to 20% of sales in the Uh, online food uh, networks. So you're talking about Food Panda and uh, Grab Food and Lala Food. What does that mean? Although in shops you decreased your consumption of of things that you throw on, you increase naman the the things that you throw on when you deliver. And uh, obviously, what Rage said earlier with uh, the online stores. If you think about it as well, you know those packages that uh, house your product, that's single use. So that number, 10 to 20 percent, maybe even higher, if we now incorporate those those um, uh, methods now of, of getting stuff. 
so you know uh even even in um even in food uh, what you could also consider is really uh you know try cooking at home for one that's one other um and uh what else um really just try to reduce your 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 consumption as much mm-hmm. as you uh, if you can't reduce, then find ways to segregate at the source. Anyway, it's required under the law to re- reduce, I mean, to segregate at the source, although it's not really practiced as something that I find very, very um, uh, disturbed, I guess. But that can be fixed, that can be managed. Uh, and also, like, think of ways to actually reuse products at home, you know. Um, I have an egg tray right now that's growing in um, garlic and, um, you know, sealing the buyo. That's already reusing something that's uh, supposed to throw. So you can do it as well. Um, other innovative ideas is like using uh, your, your kind of corned beef for one as a pencil holder. So you're now we're oh. upcycling, and you yeah. And there's actually uh, uh, something that my mother saw on YouTube, where she turned an old box, she and and turned it into like a like a photo album of sorts because she wow she glued photos of mm-hmm. uh, her family or her friends into the box. Mm-hmm. So that's also an example of reusing your product and you're not throwing it away but why would you throw it away it has yeah mm-hmm. so yeah you uh, even those simple things can be already innovative and prevent the you the throwing of those things um to the landfill yeah so those were the cost the, the questions that we have uh in mind and now I'll be asking some of the questions coming from our audience. And I must I, I would just like to say that our viewers are very participative. Okay. We have a lot of viewers from um Rizal, QC. We even have in Baguio. And guess what? We also reached Italy. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. There's a comment from Okay. there's a comment from Sandy Blackburn. Okay. She said that perhaps we need to get rid of the term end of life uh, in a circular economy. There should be no end of life. Yeah. We know that, Miss Sandy. Yeah. Of, Sir JM? Yeah, Sandy is actually a, uh, a colleague of mine <laughs> at the oh. University of So when I was um, exiting already, I was mm-hmm. graduating, she came in. And, oh, uh, okay. Her masters. I think it was 2017. So hi, Sandy. <laughs> Hello, Miss Sandy. <laughs> okay. To, great to hear and from then, uh, you. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have a comment from Hirosuke Honda. He said that I guess it should be a magical blend of market incentives and governmental guidelines on top of the environmental and social needs. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. just to, to go back to 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 Sandy's um comment, yeah. wherein there should be no end of no life. end of life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, we we have to defend. Uh, we have to to define um, what what does the what the what do we mean by end of um, um, landfills? Supposedly, they are landfills because mm-hmm. they should they should be filled up by they, f- they should fill up the land and then you can use that land on the next purpose. But mm-hmm. um, on the concept of the of that of the waste. The waste themselves, when they were put into the landfill, they are already, like, they already end their life. So something oh, like that. Okay. But mm-hmm. the good thing is that they are the landfills are now being repurposed, and it's another now uh, a place where you can actually um, uh, put up another another uh, building or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, the landfills that we have here in the Philippines is pretty much not. Not the it, it's not the ideal landfill because landfills should not be receiving um, mixed waste. They should not be receiving um, uh, biodegradables because biodegradables, as we know it, we it it um it becomes it, it decomposes and when mm-hmm. it, it, it decomposes, it has um it emits uh, gases and these yes. gases are like methane, so they can just blow up. Um, so the, the reason why landfill should be only residuals and no biodegradables and other other recyclables, so is is for it to be able to be reused and repurposed as a land for further development, like maybe land development for real estate, whatever subdivision and something like that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, again. Uh, Sandy Blackburn comment, commented, uh, how significant, essential, exclamation point, exclamation point. We need to make the link with the crisis and consumerism. Thank you so much, Sandy, for your comments. Okay. Um, we also have a question. So if any one of you wants to answer, this is a question from Nico Magalona. How does the circular economy go beyond existing climate mitigation commitments? Again, how does the circular economy go beyond existing climate mitigation commitments? Okay, um, I'll probably answer that question because mm-hmm. if you really want to be really strict about it in terms of greenhouse gas accounting, uh, every step of the way, if you really account for the total emissions, uh, it, 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 it's really, really significant. Um, by measuring uh, the difference between the worst case scenario type of emissions and waste uh, generated and the amount that you would be uh, reducing if you used uh, you know, ways that are in the circular mod, uh, circular economy model, um, you can actually ch- mitigate climate change in its own. Mm-hmm. Um, because the like the mo- our our models, you know, in trying to develop, uh, you know, situations of how the world will be in twenty fifty, are not just because of temperature, but also of the, the factors that cause the rise in temperature and what why um, how do we do that uh, through greenhouse gases and uh, it's and we're not just talking about 
carbon dioxide here. No, we're talking about the other six uh, greenhouse gases. And I won't elaborate on this because this, this is not really our topic. But yes. if you think about it, you the, the, the more that you are putting effort into the circular economy, you are reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Therefore, you're already mitigating the effects of climate change. So true. And to add, yeah. to, add, and to, add to that, um, the existing climate, um, climate mitigation commitments that we have, um, well, I think circular economy brings in the effort of um, the businesses as well as the, the, the consumerism, the consumer side. So I think that's, the, that's one of the things that's good in the circular economy framework um, because with the climate mitigation commitments that we have, usually it's more on the technical and um, scientific side. But if you add the, it's the economic side of things, which means money, which means yes. how, how are we going to make this ball, as well as making sure that the consumers are also part of the solution, then that's circular economy. So that will really that will really put that like um, things in a closed loop. So it's not just the scientists that we need. It's not just the politicians that we need who says, okay, we will, we will, we will also sign this Kyoto Protocol and whatsoever. It's not just the politics. It's not just the, the legal aspects and the, not just the, um, the technical side, the technology side. It also yeah. involves the people, the, the economic side and the people themselves. Um, us humans who's existing here in in um, one world, one earth. Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, the circular economy also is um, making sure that it will reduce um, uh, the use. Well, it will reduce the impact in the environment. Why? Because of um, it will make sure that the current current um, consumption of new materials will also be redu reduced. Therefore, um, our, our land, our ore, our um, trees, our resource, resources, water will also be replenished at least. We'll, we'll, we'll not have that, that same amount of resources being taken out of the environment itself because we are going to reuse and recycle and, and repurpose what we already have inside the, the whole um, economy. And um, uh, two, um, yes, about the green green uh, greenhouse gases. Uh, a lot of things are because of the fossil fuel. That's the number yes. one global global climate um, pollution. So mm -hmm. um, the fossil fuels themselves. So if we are going to take into account the the green the circular economy, it actually pushes for renewable energy. The yes. use of renewable energy to sustain whatever projects, to sustain whatever businesses that we have, especially those that would need electricity. And now people are going towards more into the electricity side. We need more electricity now more than ever. We need to power up our, our homes. We need to power up our computers, our laptops to do this online, online meetups. Um, we need to power up... Uh, um, our 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 grid lines. So, so we really need to have um, renewable energy as soon as we can 
for it to for us not to be into that vicious cycle again that because there is a need for electricity there is now a need for more fossil fuels so hope that we will actually deviate from that solution yes. and um we will um we will learn from from the mistakes of before so we have to move and transition towards the, the renewable energy yes and uh, and that's just that's just some of the parts and there yes. are a lot of <laughs> a lot of places mm-hmm. yet yet where where everybody can actually contribute you know i'm curious about this question this is this is a question from Lawrence Lloyd and probably this is the last question that we will mean we will be mentioning because uh, as of right now we have a lot of questions from our viewers but this question is uh from Lawrence Lloyd he asks where is the Philippines right now in terms of legislation or regulations that supports the circular economy uh okay uh this is this is actually a very very interesting question because yeah. i came mm-hmm. across a document uh, sometime earlier in the year that the Philippines is very, very compliant in SDG 12, responsible consumption mm-hmm. and production. <laughs> uh, it's, it's mostly because the Philippines is, has the laws. It does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, in terms of waste, we got two laws. Uh, Republic Act 6969, which is the uh, hazardous waste law. Republic mm-hmm. Act 9003, which is the solid waste management law. For energy, we have... Uh, Shoot, I forgot the term, but it's the Renewable Energy Act. Um, And the government's policy towards uh, fulfilling the SDGs is already realized because um, Congress is already acting on it. Uh, The policy of the DENR is to really uh, push companies to accept additional responsibility to to, um, mitigate problems in terms of waste. Those are things that are good in terms of the circular economy. However, the problem lies in enforcement, in education, in putting everyone forward because we were kind of lacking in that department. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually, this series is contributing to that cause. And, um, you know, Episodes like this should be should be uh, avenues to talk um, and discuss what's in the law that are we doing right? What's in the law that we can improve? Yeah. Um, if you look at even in the, even in the Solid Waste Management Act, there are things that are actually very very good to enforce. Then there's also um, things that we really need to rethink. Because yeah. it may not be practical to a certain uh, location, or it really takes a lot of effort to do it. So, uh, how do we do it? We really need to band together, ask the questions, find solutions. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's a good suggestion. Um, it, it's great because we, I think, we need to have a separate uh, episode for this. You know, discussing about private issues you know those are a lot of those are private companies but there is a sense of you know we need to put in a how we could um turn these private companies 
follow uh, something that is a must, okay? And that is ecology and that is addressing ecological issues. You know, we have we haven't touched that yet, but that's a great suggestion, Sir, G Sir JM. Thank you for that. Miss Rage, do you want to add? Um, I think I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, uh, it's almost time already. I know that there are still a lot of questions from our audience that we were not able to ask, and we're very sorry about that. But don't worry. Uh, we will try our best to answer them in the comments section later on. Our panelist is active on Facebook and in LinkedIn, and she, uh, they would be glad to answer those queries we haven't touched on. Next slide, please. Before we say goodbye, uh, Ms. Rage, do you have any last points that you want our audience to know? And maybe you can also share how our audience can possibly connect with you and follow you on your respective advocacies. Sure. Um, so, uh, as you have know, um, uh, as, as John has mentioned, uh, I'm connected with Bridge360. So you can uh, like and follow us there, like and uh, follow the, the page, as well as for the Waste PH. I'm also yes. currently the director for um, climate change and environment for the Global Shapers Community of Manila Hub. Uh, that's, yes. um, that's, that's an organization uh, created by the World Economic Forum for Professionals to mm -hmm. network with each other. So, so for those who are actually interested, 18 to 27 years old, you can actually join the, the, the Global Shapers Community. So yes. just, um, just follow us there. We also have our website, at www.globalshapersmanila.org. And um, uh, so I'm also currently connected with Plan Philippines. And um, for those who are actually into um, fighting against, uh, well, fighting for children's rights. Yes. Uh, specifically for, for girls and young women, we advocate for that. And if you want to learn more about our activities and where you can help, uh, we do help a lot of places here in the Philippines from from uh, central Mindanao uh, to to um, eastern, northern, western summer, occidental Mindoro, yes. Bate. Here mm -hmm. in, in, in uh, Metro Manila, we also help out during the COVID-19. So if you want to help, please do check out our page and um, message us so that uh, you can be involved as well. Um, yeah, so just like and um, subscribe to our pages. Yeah. And you can message me personally. So um, look for me in Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, if you have other questions you want to collaborate, I'll be there. Um, you can also uh, email me at rage at bridge360.ph. Yes. Thank you so much, Ms. Rage. Okay. Uh, Sir JM, do you have any last points that you want our audience to know? And maybe you can also share how our audience can possibly connect with you and follow you on your respective advocacies. Right. Um, well, first of all, thanks for the organizers for having me back. And um, It's our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, I, I, I always believe in two things that uh, in order for you to change the world, you have to have self-change. Yes. And um, you also need to live curious. And that's the motto of the National Geographic Channel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, so those are the two things that probably uh, 
you may uh, our audience will need to um, may need to think about also um, about uh, how to move forward with not just this topic but anything that you want to do if you want to create change around you. Um, you can search for me on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, I mean I'm very very active on Facebook. You can reach me anytime. Uh, but uh, you could also reach me through uh, uh, two of my advocacies, Silent PH. So Silent PH is uh, we're filling startup, um, and um, we're really doing our best to innovate, to um, yeah, to transition to the new norm. And we're actually uh, we also in your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, before the podcast, we are. Um, I, I was. I would also like to um, advertise to small and medium enterprises that yes. they want to also, uh, want, I mean, if they're interested in working with us in innovating solutions as well to um, become more responsible in uh, plastics, mm-hmm. uh, get evaluation or helping them out in their initiatives, uh, Silent PH is actually uh, opening that opportunity for collaboration. Um, as for my pod, well, our podcast in Sustainable Rumble, uh, we do have uh, a Sustainable Rumble community page. Yes. So just have a reach of us. It's Sustainable Rumble. It's on Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also there, and um, uh, we're at the uh, at the moment we are uh, focusing on urban transport as an issue as part of our mini series. But I do suggest that uh, they check out previous episodes on the circular economy, which featured uh, a speaker from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, and yes. on mm-hmm. plastic wastes, um, which we had uh, uh, some. Well, uh, our speaker came from the ENR. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, you you. I mean, if there are additional questions, they can really, uh, the best way for them is to reach me through Facebook. Yes. And I hope that uh, I could collaborate as well with um, people who are like-minded. Um, like, uh, I'll just put a brief plug. Now. I'm actually helping a, a Filipino-Chinese church in Binondo in trying to yes. identify their wastes and try to reduce their wastes as part of their uh, church stewardship. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, and, uh, and uh, we hope that we can see results uh, with them in the coming months. Yes, awesome. We hope for your success, Sergi, and thank you so much. Um, next slide. Um, um, in behalf of the Ato Ani Biopack Enterprise. Uh, I am honored to moderate this webinar with the both of you, Sir J.M. and Ms. Rage. Uh, it is truly my honor and my privilege to, you know, at least know your side, um, know your stories. And actually, I learned a lot, okay? This is something that is really important with these trying times. We need to at least go back to education. Uh, we need to learn, okay? And... This opportunity, listening to the both of you, I have learned so much and hopefully our viewers too. Uh, you have been very generous in sharing to us your experiences and expertise about enabling circular economy 
during COVID-19. Uh, I've learned a lot and I'm sure our audience were able to pick up a lot of good points from the discussion, which they can use to start out sustainable communities in their respective areas. Once again, thank you so much, Ms. Rage and Sir JM, for spending thank your you. time with us for tonight's webinar. I know we have a little amount of time uh, in our hands, but we'll see each other again soon, okay? <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you. Thank for you so much. inviting us. Thank you. Have a great and lovely Our pleasure. Weekend. Yes. Okay. So for viewers in the Philippines, enjoy your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay. So with that, before we end, I would like to call on Ms. Jonna Anyora from Ato Ani Biopac to share to us about Ato Ani Biopac's advocacy and maybe how you can take part and just like our guest panelists for today, how you can share your knowledge as well and be part of our next batch of panelists. Ms. Jonna? Hello, thank you so much for that, uh, Jonas. But before anything else, I just want to say thank you for our guest panelists for today, which is Ms. Reg Gonzalez and Sir G.M. Dumdum, for sharing a lot of inputs about circular economy and also to our viewers who are very active in participating. Thank you so much. So yeah, hi, I'm Jonna. My background is in industrial engineering, but I am passionate about sustainability as well. With this, I currently lead the partner collaboration function of Atuani Biopack and the product development function of Atuani. So at Atuani Biopack, we envision to help reduce plastic waste through sustainable biodegradable packaging made from agro-industrial byproducts and materials. So with this, in our own little way, we hope to spread awareness not only about sustainable packaging, but also about zero waste and sustainability practices as what you have learned now about sustainable communities and on the other sustainable solutions as well, which we will showcase in our next webinar episodes. So with that, to anyone who wants to take part of this awareness, advocacy and share their knowledge, social enterprises, zero waste shops, manufacturers and zero waste and sustainability advocates, we would love to connect with you. So we are also looking for our next batch of panelists to learn from. So if you are interested to become a panelist in one of our webinar episodes, please feel free to send us a message on our Facebook page at Atuani Biopack or Instagram at Atuani underscore Biopack. Or you can also join our community of advocates through our Facebook group, Atuani X Sustainable Packaging Advocates where we organize webinars such this, community online events, collaborations, discussions, as well as share first-hand speaker and moderator opportunities. Okay, uh, thanks, Ms. Jonna. So for those who have attended our previous webinar, we have introduced this call for social enterprises. And as of this week, we would like to announce that we are done for our first batch of selection from those who signed up from the previous weeks of our first session on September 
where we will showcase a few social enterprises to share their story on how they started and what they are advocating that we may learn from their experience. Um, we are currently running selection for our next batch. So if you are a business owner, you have a story to tell, and you're a business advocate for zero waste and sustainability, then we would like to feature you in the hashtag AtoAni feature series that's going to happen next week, okay? Just go to this link that you're seeing, and which we will be sharing as well in the comment section. We will have another round of selection for this. Next slide. With this as a call to action, we encourage everyone to learn and be an advocate for sustainability to the people around us by not attending this webinar, but also sharing them to your family, your friends, and your colleagues. So um, if, if anyone who is interested, uh, we can you know, collectively take an action. Watch out for more Ato Ani Learn series episodes by liking Ato Ani Biopac's Facebook page at Ato Ani Biopac for zero waste and sustainability topics and Ato Ani's Facebook page at Ato Ani PH for agriculture topics. For Ato Ani Biopac, we will have two more webinars for September, which is on top of what we will have for hashtag Ato Ani feature series. So see you all on Saturdays of September and October. And this is it. We are going to have our hashtag Ato Ani feature series, stories, green gems stories of ecopreneurs where you will get to witness some of the most interesting routes to success of entrepreneurs aided by ecological appreciation we'll have some of the uh, great uh, ecopreneurs that we will be showing uh, next week so better watch out for this series webinar that will happen next week same time 6 to 7 p.m i hope to be with you all Next slide. So with that, I would like to officially close this webinar. Uh, I hope you have learned something from the discussion. Thank you all for tuning in. See you next Saturday, same time, 6 to 7 p.m. And have a good night, everyone. Thank you so much.